0: Uh, we started a series last week called The Perfect Summer. How many people have been walking in perfect peace this week? Last week we talked about having perfect peace. We talked about how that, that, uh, the devil and our enemy intends for us to live our life in turmoil. He intends for us uh, to continually be searching for that peace that God has promised us. And he does anything that he can to keep us from that peace. And uh, we decided that, and we talked about how that growing up, when I looked at the the passage of scripture uh, that said to be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect. I was always continually trying to live up to that because in my mind, I thought that being perfect meant that I couldn't mess up, that I couldn't make a mistake, that that I had to be uh, perfect all the time. Uh, but when we really start studying that, that word in the, in the Bible, it does not mean, in that sense, it doesn't mean that we can never mess up or that we can't make mistakes. That word actually is talking about being, becoming mature, being completed in our walk with Christ. And so last week we talked about how that, that God wants our peace to become mature, to be completed in Him. And so this week, we're going to talk about something else that we all struggle with. We all struggle with feeling loved. We all struggle with feeling as if someone cares. And the Bible tells us that perfect love casts out all fear. You see, Adam and Eve were made to experience love, grace, and community. They were made to experience that. But in the Garden of Eden, they sinned. In the Garden of Eden, they did something that God told them not to do. And so at that point, and in that moment, they exchanged what God had intended for them. For fear. You see, fear causes us to exchange love for fear. It causes us to exchange grace for shame. It causes us to change community for isolation. Those three things are things that God intended for us from the very beginning. But fear keeps us from those things. You see, society is controlled by fear. But it was not God's plan. And God seeks to cast out our fear. God seeks for us to to come back to Him to experience what He is all about. What is He about? What is God all about? Well, simply put, we know that God is love. God is love. That's what He's about. And so in order for us to to, to get that in our mind, we have to answer the question. And that question is, what do you think about God? And what does God think about? About you. You see in the garden. The enemy convinced Adam and Eve. He convinced them that God was a taker. He convinced them that God was trying to. Keep them from something. Great. And so when he came to to Eve. And and Adam and, and they ate. Of the forbidden fruit. God was. Not trying to keep them. From something great. But the enemy had convinced them of that. Genesis chapter 3, verse 9 and 10 says, Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? And so he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So here we start to see fear in the world. And you see, the kingdom of God operates in love. That's the way the kingdom of God operates. But the kingdom of darkness operates out of fear. And when we walk in fear, we forfeit the relationship that God intends for us. When we walk in fear, we forfeit the relationship that God intends for us for us. Uh, Ephesians chapter five, verse one and two says this, therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. You see, what we have to understand is God doesn't love us the way that we love people. Our love for people is very conditional. Let's just be honest. It's very rarely that you find someone who loves you unconditionally, no matter what. The way that we love people is the opposite and completely different from the way that God loves us. God loves us extravagantly, God loves us unconditionally. God loves us as we just sang about recklessly. But the problem is. Is that we all have fears. Now me. I am not afraid of roller coasters. Not at all. I I will ride anything. And everything. It doesn't bother me. The height doesn't bother me. I can stand at the bottom and look and say. That's not that big a deal. But. There's something about. When we went to New York, I went up on the Empire State Building. I paid to go stand on the top of a building, and I was petrified. Christy and Reese were out there. They were looking, you know, wanting to take selfies, this and that. I was like back against the wall. I said, I'm going to have to go inside. I can't handle this. There's something about that, and that was my my fear. I, I wouldn't, well, unless Reese really wanted to. I wouldn't go back. I may stay at the bottom and, and let her and her mom go up. And we can uh, allow. Um, we can allow. Be an attack down here. He, he's going to help me preach. Let's see what were we talking about. Empire State Building. Not going back. 1 John chapter 4 verse 18 and 19 says there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. You see we are responders. We are responders to God's love. We're not the initiator. The Bible tells us we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. We love in response to how he loves us. The Bible tells us when it talks about casting. When he says cast out fear. Cast means to throw. To let go of. Without caring where it falls. Now I don't fish. But when you. Somebody can help me out here. I think when you do this. That's called casting. You don't care where it goes as long as it hits the water somewhere, right? Unless you've got one of those little, I don't know anything about it. But. but when you begin to cast, it says you throw it without caring where it goes. And there's some of you here today, Life, your life has been altered because of fear. Fear is controlling you. But God is inviting you this morning to experience his perfect love. And there's three things that we're going to talk about this morning that perfect love does. The first thing that perfect love does is it casts out the fear of the unknown. It casts out the fear of the unknown. There's, we all have a fear of being afraid of what might or might not happen. How many people can sit and just play out every scenario in your mind? Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? Well, if I do this and you look at everything and you become scared. I was talking to somebody this week. And he was already, his his kids were like fourth and fifth grade. But he was already concerned about who the president was going to be. And who was going to be in charge of the country when his girls go to graduate. Thinking, man, you're nuts. I can't even think about what I'm going to do tomorrow. But he was concerned about that and he was looking into that and and a lot of things like that. And we have to come to the realization that there are a lot of things that we cannot control. There's a lot of things in life that happen that we cannot explain. But what I do know is we can trust him. What I do know is, is that he is in control and if the enemy can, he will paralyze us because of the fear of the unknown. What might happen? What could happen? When all actuality, the Bible tells us not to worry about tomorrow. Psalm chapter 34 verse 4 says this. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from some of my fears. Anybody catch that? That's not what it says. He said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from, say it, all. My fears. God wants to deliver you from the fear of the unknown. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8 says. And the Lord. He is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. What you have to realize is. Is that you don't have to be afraid of the future. You don't have to be afraid of the unknown. Because God is in control. And what is unknown to us is known to him. But we have to trust him. You see, the disciples, when Jesus was walking down the shore and he said, follow me. What did they do? They didn't sit and think, well, what if? What if? They didn't look at all the things that could happen. There was a lot of unknown there. They had no idea how this was going to turn out. But what did they do? They said, I will. I will follow you. I will trust you. They trusted him without knowing the future. And you see, God is asking us to push past the fear of the unknown. When we planted this church almost 12 years ago, I can promise you there was a lot of fear of the unknown. We had no idea what was going to happen, where it was going to go. We just knew that we felt that God had spoken to us and we stepped out trusting him completely. There was another pastor in town, a youth pastor that I was really close to. And I brought him and showed him the building and and he was skeptical. He said, you know, there's churches all around. He said, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to start something and to maintain it. And I was thinking... Shut up. <laughs> I don't need that. But when I decided and when Pastor Rick decided that we were going to step out. Not knowing what was going to happen. We had to push past the fear of the unknown. And there was many things that were unknown. Would we have people? Would we have money? Would we have support? But the Bible promises in Romans chapter 8 verse 38. Verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come shall be able to separate me from the love of Christ Jesus. Nothing. Not the unknown. We have to completely trust Him. So why fear? Why? Secondly, perfect love casts out the fear of of failure it casts out the fear of failure. You see, many people want to play it safe. You don't want to rock the boat because things are, are going well, and you're afraid that if you cause too many waves that you're going to fail. You're afraid that if you step out in faith, you may not succeed. How many people got up this morning thinking, man, I would just, I would love to fail at something today. Anybody? I just want to be a failure. Of course not. We all want to succeed. We all want to be successful. So, so many times in life, we play it safe because we're afraid of failing. We're afraid that if we take that step. If we completely trust God, that we'll fail. God wants to stretch our faith. That's why sometimes he says you need to to push past the fear of failing. And you need to, to trust me and trust in my love for you. And let your faith be expounded. You understand that that if we never give ourselves an opportunity for our faith to be tested, for our faith to be stretched, we will stay where we are. The Bible tells us in Psalm chapter 37, verse 5, Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Commit your way to him, not to yourself. Quit looking at what you think and quit looking at what you're afraid of. Press past that and commit your way to him. I've said it many times, my life verse that I like to live by is to seek first the kingdom of God, committing myself to him and letting him give me everything else. So many people are thinking, God, if I could just get to that point and and you seek a certain job or a certain status or a a certain relationship. But this tells us to commit to him. Don't be afraid of failing. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 3 says, commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. There's people here this morning that you're not doing what God has called you to do. And the reason you're not doing that is because of fear. The fear of failure. John chapter 15 verse 16 says this. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. God has called you to do something. God has called you to step out. But many of us, Many of us, we're afraid. We're afraid because of failure. We do not want to fail. God called you to do something significant with your life. What would you do if you knew that you wouldn't fail? Think about that for a second. What would I attempt to do for God if I knew that I wouldn't fail? Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16 says, the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. You know that I love baseball. We've established this. You think it's boring? I think it's awesome but baseball players if they only succeed 3 out of 10 times they are considered successful and what we have to come to the to the realization of knowing is is that we may trip up but with God's power we get back up and when we understand his perfect love that he wants to complete in us it will cast out your fear of failure. We cannot live paralyzed by fear. We cannot be afraid to step out. Because we're afraid we won't succeed. God has placed something in all of us. He has placed something in all of us. To make a difference in life. To make a difference in the lives of the people around us. To make a difference in the, in the community. To make a difference in our job place. God has placed that in us. We can't be afraid to fail. Thirdly, perfect love casts out the fear of rejection. Fear of rejection. Anybody ever felt rejected? Luke says no. We have all felt rejected at one point in our life. Guys, you remember that first time that you got the nerve to ask that girl out and she looked at you like you were crazy? You felt rejection? Well, that time maybe you didn't get that promotion. You thought, why not me? You felt rejected? Or those friends, they didn't include you. You felt rejected? No one wants to feel rejected. Everyone wants to feel accepted. No matter what age you are. Our greatest need. Our greatest need is love. Just to feel loved. I believe that's why God said he is love. Because he understands that's what we need. And perfect love can only be found in him. He's the only one who can love us. The way that we're supposed to be loved. But in order to keep from feeling rejected. In order to to keep away from that. We only Look to things where we feel accepted. Some people may very be very successful in your job. So you pour everything that you have into that job. Because that's one place that you feel appreciated. That's one place that you feel accepted. And so you pour everything that you have into that. Because you, it satisfies you. But too many times we understand that. Wherever is giving us and providing us with that acceptance, that's what we're going to keep looking to. I've met, being a, a youth pastor, I have watched teenagers. And they hang around with the wrong crowd. Because that crowd accepts them. And so they keep going back, even though their parents say you need to stay away from them. Even though uh, everybody around them says you need to stay away from them. They keep going back because in that circle, they feel accepted and they do not want to feel rejected. And so we have people here. You may be here this morning and you may be in a relationship with wrong people because that person makes you feel accepted. You find approval. So you give your life to that. And the fear of rejection will shape our lives. The fear of rejection will shape our life. John chapter 1 verse 12 says this. But to all who believed in him and accepted him. He gave the right to become children of God. Can I tell you who accepts you? Can I tell you who accepts you? Unconditionally. Unconditionally. Who accepts you. That you don't have to be afraid of being rejected by him. That's who we need to look to. If we want to get rid of the fear in our lives. We have to look to him. Because he will provide us with the perfect love that we're seeking for. And looking for. And when we find perfect love. Then the fear Can be gone. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. Just as He chose us in Him. Before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and without blame before Him. In love. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself. According to the good pleasure of His will. Verse 6. To the praise of the glory of His grace. By which He made us accepted in the Beloved. Can I tell you, he accepts you. He accepts you. And there's some of you here today that you have been looking and searching everywhere for someone, for something where you can feel accepted. He accepts you. He said he gave us the right to become adopted into his family because he accepts us. We don't have to fear. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17 says the Lord, your God in your midst, the mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. That verse is so comforting. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you With singing. When we were trying to. Get Reese. To sleep in her own bed. There were nights that she would just cry. And cry. And cry. And cry. And finally. We talked to somebody and said just let her cry. Dad couldn't do it. Dad couldn't do it. I could not just let her sit and, and lay and cry thinking, you know, I've got a breaker of this. Now, I know there's some child psychologists here who said you did her a disservice. Just let her cry. But I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And I would go and pick her up. I would go and, 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 and hold her. I would let her know that I was There. That I was going to be there for her. And when she knew that I was there, guess what? Her crying stopped. It stopped. She knew that she was loved, and it quieted her, her cry. And then I would sing to her, "If she was here this mor- if she was in here this morning, she would kill me. But I would. I would sing to her. And there was about three or four or five songs that I would just sing over. She would stop crying. There's some of you here this morning that that you've been crying. You have been crying. And what they say happens to a, a baby or a child that continues to cry and no one ever comes... They eventually just, they do, they stop crying, but they think it's because no one cares. And there's some of you here this morning that for a long time you've been crying. And maybe you've come to a point that you've stopped because you think, you know what, it's doing me no good. It's doing me no good to continue to cry. But the reason why is because you've never went to the right place. You've been looking for someone else to quiet your cry. When God says, I'll cry at your cry. When God says that he rejoices over us with gladness. When I picked up Reese, I didn't care that she was crying. It, I was just glad that she was mine. I was just glad that, that I was able to pick her up. I rejoiced Over her. That's the way he does with us. He's glad. He doesn't look at us. With anger. He's glad. He wants us to quiet us. He wants to to sing over us. But we've got to run to the place where we're accepted. And that's in him. How would you love. Love. If you knew you were unconditionally accepted. How would you love? If you knew that you were unconditionally accepted. Can I tell you? You are. You are unconditionally accepted. This morning. Not by the person on your right. Not by the person on your left. But by your heavenly father. Unconditionally accepted. God is committed to you. God is committed to you unconditionally. No matter what you've done. No matter where you've been. No matter of your past. You're accepted. Look to him. You don't have to be. He will never ever reject you. He loves you. Last week we talked about how do you experience perfect peace? How do you experience it? And we said that you do three things. You ask for it, you dwell in it, and you decide to live in it. You ask for it, you dwell in it, and you decide to live in it. Well, can I tell you the same thing is true about his perfect love? How do you receive it? You ask for it, you dwell in it, and you decide to live in it. The first thing is we must ask. Because when we ask, it positions us to receive. We have to understand that we cannot earn his love. We just have to receive it. How many people have a hard time receiving gifts? While we were up there yesterday, I couldn't tell you the amount of people that when we were telling them, they was like, how much is this? We had a lady walk up and she said, what do you want for this high chair? I said, I want you to take it home. That's what I want. I wouldn't feel right. Several people, I just wouldn't feel right by just taking it. They had a hard time receiving. They didn't understand that it was free. And when I said free, I meant free. I told several people, either you take it or it's going in the big red storage container on the other side of the building, also known as a dumpster. But they had a hard time receiving that. I used to have a hard time receiving until someone would say, you you have a hard time receiving gifts if you haven't been poor long enough. If you ain't never been poor. And I always justify, if somebody offers me something, I'm going to take it. And you always justify that, I wouldn't want to rob you of your blessing. Every time I would come in from college, my grandfather, he would sneak me a little money. He'd say, don't tell anybody about this. I never told a soul. I wasn't going to cut off my source. But there's been times in life that I've had to ask for something. I've had to to get past my pride and I've had to ask. And there's some of you here this morning, you need to ask for his love. You need to ask him for his love perfect love, to complete it in your life. Secondly, you need to dwell in it. To dwell means to, to center my life around it. To center my life around God's love. And there's times that even I have a hard time. I have a hard time dwelling in His love because I can look at my failures. I can look at the way that I disappointed Him And I have to begin just to dwell in his love. The way I personally do that is, there are some certain songs, this being one of them, that just helps me move past and helps me dwell in the fact of knowing that he loves me unconditionally. So I'll turn it on. And when I begin to dwell in that love it just overwhelms me there have been times that I'm not sure how that I got from point A to point B in the car because his love just filled that automobile and filled my heart thirdly I have to decide I have to make the decision to live either in fear or in love how do you want to live? Do you want to live your life in fear? Do you want to be paralyzed by fear of the unknown? Fear of rejection? Fear of failure? Or do you want to decide to be c- controlled and walk in His love? Perfect love cast out all fear. And if we can ever learn to walk in His perfect love. Fear was the very first thing that we see in Genesis that entered this world we are driven by fear and the reason the enemy wants to keep you from his perfect love is because he doesn't want the fear in your life to be cast out 1 John chapter 4 verse 16 and 17 says this and we have known and believed the love that God has for us God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him the consummation of love Love has been perfected among us in this. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. It says that love has been perfected. It's been perfected. What does it mean? It's been finished. It's been completed. It's there for you. And he wants you to walk in it. He wants you to walk in it. Ask dwell and decide. I'm going ask you to bow your head this morning. Can I tell you, God sees right where you are. There's no doubt in my mind that there are people here today living in fear There are people here today who have never truly experienced that completion of his love You can't wrap your mind around how that he could love us so much tell you that he loves you recklessly. It says he would leave the 99. There's a a parable that talks about how that, that in the Bible there were the shepherd left the 99 to go find the one that was missing. That's how much that he loves you. That's how much that he cares for you. You have to accept it. You have to accept it. You have to walk in it. Quit allowing the enemy to make you doubt that God loves you. Let that love in you mature. Let that love in you come to a point that you understand that he loves you unconditionally. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I have been struggling in my life. Of truly understanding and accepting his unconditional love. I've been doubting his love for me. I've been doubting the fact that he really did all of this just for me. I need his perfect love. I need that love to be completed and fulfilled in my life. If that's you, just slip up your hand. Thank you. I need his love. I need to know there's something about there's something about looking at someone and knowing that you can just see and you can feel how much they love you. So much more with God. It's so much more with him. Anyone else? Thank you. I want to experience His love. Here's how we're going to end this service. I'm going to ask you to stand. If you want to, if you don't, we're going to sing this song. If you'd rather kneel or sit, however you can completely focus on him. We're going to sing this song. And I want you to, to not just be singing words, but I want you to know and to get it into your spirit and into your heart. How much that he loves you. How perfectly that he loves you. How without any regard to anything else, how that he will come after you. Don't live in fear anymore. Don't fear the unknown. Don't fear being rejected. Walk in his love. Don't be afraid of failure. Perfect love, his perfect love. The love that can be completed and perfected in you will cast out all fear. Sing with us. Before I spoke a word, you were seen